somebody that's willing to ignore American institutions and the rule of law and questioning the legitimacy of the judiciary, and tomorrow he may question the legitimacy of Congress, the so-called Congress. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. You know, that is a threat to America in a way that all, all the, the debate over conservative versus liberal is just, it seems almost small mm-hmm. compared to the debate over whether the judiciary is legitimate in yeah. the United States. Welcome to Harry and the Kipper, a podcast covering current events. We're both attorneys, so we're going to cover some of the relevant legal issues that are affecting our politics, which I think will be particularly useful during this administration's reign. And we're affiliated with my organization called The Resurgent Left, an organization dedicated to flipping state legislatures blue and ending gerrymandering. So check us out at theresurgentleft.org. But I say affiliated because this podcast reflects our personal views, not any positions of the organization. Politics moves so quickly nowadays that it's difficult to even write a podcast and be up to date by the time we publish. So please forgive us if there's some updates by the time you hear this. And with that said, let's jump into today's topic, constitutional crisis. Yeah, it was oh, his sorry, knuckle. I, was cra- I cracked my knuckle. Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. Ready? <laughs> with that said, let's jump into today's topic, constitutional crisis and what that is and what it means. Recently in the news, we saw in connection with some of these uh, orders that were coming down from courts in respect of the Muslim ban and joining its application, halting the Muslim ban, we saw reports that Steve Bannon, which is a senior person, political operative in the White House who advises uh, President Trump. The alt-right white supremacist dude. Right. He was the editor-in-chief of Breitbart. Yeah. Um, Good patriot. Yeah, he's a patriot. Uh, (laughs) And uh, apparently he drove over to the Department of Homeland Security and said, don't follow this court order. Told John Kelly Told this. John Kelly this, right. yeah. Okay. And John Kelly, who's a, I think is the Secretary of Homeland Security, yes. uh, said, well, I'm going to follow it, and you know, because you're not in my chain of command, like I'm going to follow a, a court order. Um, and so the Department of Homeland Security froze enforcement of the Muslim ban because of the court order. But today, we're going to discuss the counterfactual of what if John Kelly had agreed with Bannon and had refused to honor a court order. What does that mean for our system of checks and balances? What does it mean for our institutions? Right, and this is week three, and this guy, Steve Bannon, who's been appointed head of basically everything military and national security, came to John Kelly and tried to cut him off and tell him to not honor a court order. Courts are supposed to be able to tell the president you're not supposed to do something, and the president is supposed to honor that uh, determination. Determination, right? And what happens if the president just doesn't? And it seems to be that his his go to guy, pro- the number two, and some people argue he's going to be the the Dick Cheney to George Bush is going to be Bannon to Trump. He's going to be the puppeteer. What happens if Bannon just starts ordering everybody to ignore the courts? Yeah, I mean, this is a question the founders grappled with when they were designing the, the you know the architecture of our of our country and our constitution and. And the answer is it's not good because, <laughs> you know, courts don't have their own military. Courts, you know, they make orders. They write them on paper and they sign them. But if nobody listens to them, they're just paper. And this goes back to the importance of legitimacy. Countries that operate well operate primarily on legitimacy, which means everyone legitimizes the system 
and that's the enforcement. It's not as though a court order has some magical power to it. It's that people have to rally behind that court order and be willing to honor it. But if the people who have the power, you know, Donald Trump has the executive branch, which means he's the president, the commander in chief. He has controlled the military, the National Guard. The person who has all the, the people and the guns behind him decides, I don't care what this this lawyer in a courtroom said. I'm going to do this my way. What happens? And he can't. I mean, that's the thing is that who's going to stop him, right? Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. And that's constitutional crisis. Yeah, that's a constitutional crisis. And that's what we're facing. I mean, he, he uh, Donald Trump referenced the judge who made the decision against the Muslim ban as a quote-unquote so-called judge. There are reports that borders and customs people were not applying the orders from the courts, or there was inconsistencies where they were ignoring them. And we even had Congress members going to airports with court orders in their hands saying, look at the court order. It says that you're not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. And, I, you know, there were reports that they had been directed by their superiors not to follow court orders. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but if that's the case, that is, uh, that's the executive branch flouting the judicial branch. And here's what concerns me. There's been no attacks on U.S. soil from foreign entities in a while. And already we're getting to the point where we're questioning the legitimacy of certain branches of government. This may sound alarmist, but what happens post-terrorist attack? God forbid. Honestly, it's something we need to think about and be wary of because if they're already questioning the legitimacy of a of the judicial branch, when there's no reason to really be alarmist other than general paranoia that results from, you know, uh, more people die – uh, from furniture falling on them currently than terrorist attacks at this moment in this country. And, we, and we're already ready to just abandon our institutions over general <laughs> paranoia, right? Yes, we're already like tomorrow, questioning. Tomorrow, God forbid, people are genuinely concerned for their safety and yeah. out, of, out of more than just paranoia. Yeah. I'm really worried about what the relationship will be between our three branches of government. Yeah. Uh, yep. How is this already being called into question? It's, That's what blows very my sad, mind. Very sad. I mean, this is this sad is, of the exclamation point. Yes, very yeah. very sad exclamation <laughs> point. You know, this is the rule of law. This is this is the system in which we operate. If if President Trump allows that to break down, uh, if the courts aren't followed, courts have no military force to enforce orders. Maybe maybe Congress will step in, right? Congress yeah. is the other branch yeah. of the government. Yeah. So maybe we should discuss how Congress can make sure that the rule of law is maintained in this country. And it turns out that really the only remedy Congress probably has, if, if you've got an executive, if you've got a president that's willing to ignore the rule of law, impeachment's really the only remedy there. Yeah, they have to take down the executive. Uh, Donald Trump could just say, ignore Congress, I don't care. But, but at least according to case law, Congress may be allowed to interfere. Yeah, I think that's right. Right. But again, if, if this is our apocalyptic scenario where Donald Trump is ignoring everyone, the truth is he's the enforcer of law, which means he has the entire military and national security apparatus behind him. So it doesn't matter if it's Congress or the judiciary. This is just a bunch of lawyers and people writing pieces of paper and handing them to other people. Yeah. If, if the executive of Donald Trump does not is not willing to honor the rule of law in this country – our institutions don't really mean very much. And that's what's so disturbing is I think what's good about the United States and a lot of uh, first world countries is that the legitimacy of the branches of government doesn't come into question often. 
it's pretty much honored by everybody across the board, regardless of their background or beliefs. There are countries around the around the world where branches of government just don't have a lot of legitimacy behind them, and as a result, you see a lot of coups and, or dictatorships. And dictatorships, where one branch has all the power. Right, exactly. And you don't really anticipate that that can happen in the United States because we're so used to having a legitimized government. But legitimacy is not an absolute, and it's it's only enforced by people. Legitimacy doesn't just permanently exist in the United States. Yeah. yeah. And there are people such as Donald Trump who the executive in a, in a hypothetical scenario can challenge and take down legitimacy in a real way. Yeah. I think we need to separate Donald Trump, the conservative, from Donald Trump, the threat to democracy. <laughs> yeah. um, because somebody that's willing to ignore American institutions and the rule of law and questioning the legitimacy of the judiciary, and tomorrow he may question the legitimacy of Congress, the so-called Congress. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. You know, that is a threat to America in a way that all, all the, the debate over conservative versus liberal is just... It seems almost small mm -hmm. compared to the debate over whether the judiciary is legitimate yeah. in the United States. Yeah, and th there's a hilarious like uh, tension going on that people aren't acknowledging, I think on the right especially, between conservatives are supposed to be people of small government, particularly the executive branch. And there's been criticism of President Obama over the last eight years for executive orders. And now we have someone who's been so authoritarian with their power in the executive branch as Trump has been up to this point in week three. And it comes into serious tension with what the conservative party was supposed to be about, particularly people like Paul Ryan and a lot of the leaders of the Republican Party who claimed they were going to take the, the Republicans back to a time of classical conservatism where the federal government has minimal interference with the states. That's gone. That's seriously just like dissipated in the last three weeks or throughout the last election, right? Like, is that what the Republican Party is about to you now, Harry? I don't know what, what exactly it's about today. <laughs> I think it's about getting rid of Medicare. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's definitely about taking resources away from people who need them. Yeah, people who need them the most, right? But what about this? Like, it's an interesting authoritarianism that they've just chosen to ignore so far. Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, the simplest explanation is probably it's convenient for them. I think, you know, leaders of Congress, they want they have they have a certain agenda. They think President Trump will support their agenda and in return they need to kind of just keep quiet on all this authoritarian threat to uh our democracy. So concerns about our system of government are being cast aside for policy. I think that's right. Yeah, which is, which makes it more concerning that our the legitimacy of our system of government is is in danger, because the party that has the ability to impeach uh, the president for interfering with our system of government and the legitimacy of institutions and branches of government is a party that's prioritizing things like getting rid of Medicare instead of protecting our system of government. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, I think we were talking about if things really go sideways and President Trump just ignores the courts and ignores Congress, the ultimate remedy is impeachment. You know, it's it's the House that needs to impeach and it's the Senate that needs to convict. And if there's no appetite for that because I think they have a chance of getting their policy enacted, President Trump's going to have a lot of leeway to bring down our uh, our system of checks and balances. 
So besides the fact that I'm, I'm not sure that impeachment is even a viable option, what if the House impeaches, the Senate convicts, and Donald Trump just says, don't pay attention to that and orders the military and, uh, and <laughs> Homeland Security to ignore the decision of Congress? I mean, at, at that point, it's going to be up to the federal bureaucracy, the military, the national security apparatus to honor the decision of Congress to remove the president. Over there, but they're sworn, you know, under the Constitution, they fall under the executive branch, right? So they are sworn to defend the Constitution. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, that may come into tension with their duty to the president, which is what they're... But he wouldn't be the president anymore, is what I think some people would take that position. I mean, I I hope that everybody (laughs) would take that position. If, If Donald Trump were impeached and convicted, I don't, I hope there's not a soul in the United States that would take the position that he's still president. Because if you do that, then you're basically done with, you're, you're, you want a dictatorship. If you're saying that the, the lawful decision of Congress to remove the president shouldn't be honored, then, then you're, looking for, uh, you're looking for a country that doesn't have separation of powers. Technically speaking, the president did not, and the Constitution never formally acknowledge the judiciary's power to stop the president and tell him what he's doing is unconstitutional. Yeah, it relies. We rely on norms and traditions, right. and respect for each of the branches to survive as a country. And I guess that's ultimately what this episode is about: yeah. is that you guys all have faith in laws and institutions, and we kind of did too for a while until going to law school and realizing all of this is norm, tradition, and legitimacy being honored by people. Yeah, people enforce the law. The law doesn't. It's not some invisible hand that magically controls everything and makes everything function as it will. It's up to the people to elect their representatives, their president, that care about the rule of law because that's the only way it survives. Yeah. Law on its own is nothing. It's just pieces of paper and writing. Yeah. And it really is this scary, the way that he's challenged the judiciary and challenged the law up to this point in week three, it's scary to think what the next four years bring in terms of what kind of challenges to legitimacy and the law are yet to come. All right, well, thank you guys for listening, and please check out our website at theresurgentleft.org and get involved today. And also, please follow us on Twitter because our Twitter game is super weak right now, and it's at resurgent underscore left. Special thank you to our producer, Vika Aronson. And remember to stay angry and stay inspired.